Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. <laughs> The Giants are officially in camp with padded practices. Just wrapping up day two. We're recording this as they're finishing up practice. So what's going on, guys? Welcome into another edition of the Giants Brawl Podcast brought to you by the Brawl Network. As always, I get to be your host for this evening, Jose Kosho. You can follow me on Twitter at Jose Kosho. Anthony Rivardo's back this week after moving into his apartment. You can see a uh, blue bed right now, blue bed sheets. Because obviously he's a Giants fan, so gotta go big blue with everything. You know, you can follow him on Twitter. Sure. <laughs> you can follow him on Twitter at Anthony underscore Rivardo. Mike Trainer's in the house as well. He's live from MetLife Stadium. You can follow him on Twitter at Mike Trainer MSC. Boys, what's going on? You know how much I love the Giants, fellas. Sometimes I tell women to give me blue balls, just because I love the Giants that much. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. That's a really good one. Oh, my God, dude. Okay. <laughs> We're on filter, right? Should I uh, hit that bleep button or what? Dude, we better I was, be on uh, filter. I was, get this, I was trying to come up with, like, podcast, like, lines for us or slogans. And I, one of the ones I came up with was, like, you know, educated, unfiltered, entertaining. Like, just those three words, like, you know, back to back to back. I don't know. Maybe we'll uh, come up with something we got three weeks ago before the season begins, right? Because, like, yeah, it's actually – Three weeks from yesterday, well, yeah, three weeks from yesterday would have been, like, the Giants' first game, you know, against the Steelers. So, obviously, like, the date's just getting closer. And I swear, dude, this offseason, like, is there just, like, limited activity going on. But, like, it's just gone by faster. What do you guys think, Ben? We should have had our first preseason game. Yeah, I was, out, you know? I was thinking of that on, like, Thursday, obviously, just because, like, you know, covering Chicago here with a media credential, I was like, yo, I should have actually been, like, you know, in Cleveland this past week and, like, covering that Bears preseason game, you know, but obviously, like, never, um, you know, materialized, and you see, like, tons of sloppy, like, football just in camp, man, because everyone that's getting injured is, like, lower body injury, you know, like, Mac Wilson, Artie Burns with the leg injuries, Gerald McCoy even with the Cowboys, you know, him going down with, like, the – what did he go down with? Another ACL injury, right? So, yeah, dude, everyone's getting injured. Well, luckily, no injuries so far for the Giants. We had a little scare today with Corey Ballantyne, but 
Luckily, he was able to walk off the field under his own power and return to practice like an hour later. So that was good news there. And we're definitely going to have to discuss this drill since people are making it a controversial thing on Twitter. But, you know, I'm happy that Corey Ballantyne is healthy is how I'll start this. Yeah, um, and then just looking at, like, as I mentioned, McCoy, you know, happy to see, like, Alex Smith back in Washington. Um, Him being back, I will say this, right, is it's, like, combined with, like, some of the pieces that they have on defense, if he's, like, the old Alex Smith that, like, we saw with the Chiefs, like, Washington, I think, because a lot of Giants fans are just writing them off right now. Like, everyone's kind of writing the Redskins off, but, like, they got a great coach in Ron Rivera who's worked with, like, a lot of, you know, current and future Hall of Famers. Um, so Alex Smith being back in Washington is one thing that I don't think is being talked about enough. Everson Griffin signing in Dallas, um, you know, some Giants fans wanted him here, but obviously the Giants got Golden back. They basically got Golden and Zim in his back cheaper combined, I think, than they would have paid alone for Everson Griffin. And then going with Gano straight up was just like Dave Guttman's turning to an old friend just because he's familiar with him, you know, because you didn't want someone unknown kicking the ball. I feel bad for um for what's it called? The X Buck that's in Dallas now. Uh what's his name again? I'm drawing a blank. He just said it. McCoy, McCoy. yeah. Um great dude. Good you know, good locker room guy. Um just but, went know, to the wrong team first off and then got injured, you know? Yeah, that's that's what happens. I think it's a I think it's like a right quadricep rupture too. I don't even mm-hmm. know if if it's an ACL. Um that hurts that that, you know, Dallas line. Um them, them signing Griffin is like people like the Giant fans on Twitter like made a big stink about it. Oh, it's only six million dollars. We could have got him. Why? Why do we want that guy on our team? If you look at his stats last year, he's on a decline, man. He's not a young dude anymore. Like he had, like sure, he had eight sacks, right? But like the majority of those sacks were like in garbage time. The dude barely tackled anybody all year. Um, you know, the dudes wash up. Dallas, they Dallas, they love to go get those big name guys. You know, they're they're so like you know into that, and they're not going to go anywhere like this year with that. They're like another injury away, like on defense, to be one of the worst defenses. You know, they have no secondary. You know, forget about that, man. They're done. You know, he, he, here's the thing, right? It's so like Cowboys fans straight up believe this. Like they lost. Like okay, so Robert Quinn's been in the NFL since 2011, right? And he's got like. 70 or 80 something sacks and he started 14 games last year and he had 11 and a half sacks right and by the way I've memorized all these stats right but the point is just because you write about I write about the whole league pretty much right but Robert Quinn had 11 and a half sacks last year and all of a sudden like he comes and signs in Chicago and a lot of people like Cowboys fans are just like yeah well you know what like we got Everson Griffin like everything's gonna be okay like no every anytime you go from like Robert Quinn to anything Westman is like especially a washed up you know, or near washed up guy like Griffin, like that's a big downgrade right there. But even then, like, don't write off that Dallas front seven because they are still like they still got two really good linebackers. I mean, Demarcus Lawrence, you know, as much as no one likes him, like he's there. You know, so this like Dallas team, Dallas, Washington, Philly, right? They got three really good like pass rushers right now, and it's gonna be good to see like our young offensive line go up against them. It'll be a true test for sure, especially for these two offensive tackles, um, Andrew Thomas and Matt Parrott. If Matt Parrott does end up starting in the regular season, I know it's something that we really didn't expect to see, but the over these past two practices, it seems like the likelihood of that happening is just slowly increasing. I think after Nate Solder opted out of the 2020 season, 
the possibility arose. And now I think Matt Parrott is trying his best to actually make it a reality. Um, he's looked really good in the first two ch- days of training camp, uh, padded practices. And you know, that's my guy, Matt Parrott. That was like the number one guy I wanted the Giants to land in the third round. And I was really happy when they did. So i um, super excited to see him actually playing really well. I saw him do a really good job um, against Lorenzo Carter on a bull rush, completely stood him up. And then I saw him easily glide Marcus Golden out of the way on a run blocking snap. Those are the things that you love to see from a rookie out of UConn, drafted in the third round. You don't expect to see those things, but that's what you love to see. And I'm very excited to see them. And I'm hoping that Matt Parrott can actually keep this up going in, in throughout training camp. And hopefully he can actually get some snaps in the regular season. It's funny, your boy Matt Parrott, he, he did look good. Like, But the other guy on the opposite side, Andrew Thomas, our number one draft pick, he didn't look so good today in the individual drills. And I see like a lot of Giants fans panicking over individual drills. Like, relax, guys. He's a rookie. He's, he needs to learn. He needs to go after these guys. You know, give him, you know, give him a little bit, man. He might have had like a little bit of day. Maybe he had the runs or whatever. You know, you never know. He'll be all right. Well, relax. listen. Relax, well, shot, man. Well, what I'll say to all this is this, right? And obviously, like, you know, just me kind of having, you know, knowing someone that's pretty much covering every training camp across the league, right? Just because, like, for all the, I've been writing for, like, what, five years now? So you develop these connections, right, with someone or someone someone directly or someone that knows someone that's covering, right? And I'll straight up tell you, like, every single year this panic hits, right? And then what happens is, is it's like I got to tell people, like, yo, just chill out because, you know what, number one, these teams drop these videos and it's technically overhype season is what it is. Number two, you cannot judge your players based on what they do in camp. The only real way to evaluate them is when they're not playing against, like, their own teammate, right? That is how you, like, really evaluate you know, teams in this league. And that's how this team's going to get better. Like, Andrew Thomas is not going to get better going up against O'Shane Zimenez every single day. He's going to get significantly better, though, when he's freaking facing, you know, uh, Cameron Hayward in week one and then Khalil Mack in week two and then week three having to block freaking Nick Bosa and week four having to shut down Aaron Donald. Like, that is how this young team is going to get better, playing against, like, competition that's better than them, not by going up against their own teammates. I'm going to say I kind of disagree. I mean, these are rookies. You know, they've never really played at an NFL level and gone up against NFL coached players like ever. So I think that there is a lot for them to learn in training camp and they can do a lot of improving in training camp to prepare for the regular season, especially in a season where there is no preseason with everything going on. Um, I definitely do think they can improve right now uh, with the live reps in training camp. I don't put a ton of stock into what they do in training camp, but I do think, especially especially now that there is no preseason, you got to put more stock in it than usual because um, whoever plays the best in training camp is the one who's going to get the job just because there is no preseason to put any weight on. Yeah, but like the thing, see, that kind of there's your last statement. That's kind of a generalization statement is whoever plays best is getting the starting job just because that's not like that statement, right? You could apply it to any of the 32 teams dude the thing is right is like so our guy adrian ross well my guy adrian ross who's on former Bengals linebackers on Bengals bar he straight up said right he's like look anytime you come out of college you know and um 
you are learning like a new language basically so like for three or four years you were learning like one thing right you were learning like spanish let's say now you get to the nfl and they basically in three or four months are telling you like yo throw all this out because you get drafted in april by the time you come july hits around which is three and a half months right you better four months you better have learned like italian done it fluently you know and obviously like there's going to be some times where you struggle learning a new language my thing is though is not having the otas not having the mini camps the rookie mini camps the voluntary workouts the training camp that's why all these teams are having to go harder and like you see it with judge too dude you can tell right now like he's bringing the damn intensity because these guys know that okay september 13th kind of seems far off for some people because we're 27 days away from the start of the season right uh, giant season, by the way, but like a lot of people, right? Like just overall, dude, teams are going hard now because they're trying to make up for all that lost time. You're right. They got, listen, he got, these guys got three weeks to go to get ready. Rookies, veterans, you know, et cetera. Um, you know, that's why I kind of like the way judges approaching this team, this young team, again, the young team um, with these wind sprints and these laps Listen, we don't want these we, we want these guys to learn quick. So if they don't want to run, maybe they won't be making the same mistake twice. So all the fans need to chill, like uh Jai is saying it's like grade school stuff. Like listen, like I played basketball, you know, I was coached hard by like my dad and my brother in law. Um, you know, I got guys that listen could attest to this. You know, if we if we've messed up, we fucked up, we had a run. And you know what? We learned we we actually were like a really disciplined, good basketball team because of that. So I remember these guys are young, man. They're in the you know they're in their young twenties, man. They 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 need to get used to this, and I think it's important for them because then they'll they won't be making those false starts in these games that get us frustrated. These ten yard penalties that set the offensive back that we have to play from behind and put Danny Dimes in like a third and fifteen all the time. That's not going to work. I completely agree. I think we're going to discuss, obviously, the whole conversation around Joe Judge's training camp style. And I just honestly, I wish we weren't. I think it's ridiculous. Um, The fact that and I just tweeted about this a little while ago, it seems like a lot of people agree with me. Um, The media, big media is really hyper analyzing Joe Judge's practices right now. And it's ridiculous. They're practicing football. There's a lot of new players, young players. So they run laps because that's Joe Judge's style. He's trying to instill a culture. It takes everybody buying into the culture for the culture to become a real culture. And if they got to run laps and that's what helps them get better, then that's what helps them get, get, that's what helps them get better. And it's not him copying Bill Belichick because I saw Benjamin Watson said that or somebody said that. One of the talking heads on ESPN or Fox Sports or somebody said something dumb like that because that's not what it is. Come from the source. We're all getting this information from the beat writers in New Jersey who are telling us what's happening at practice. So when the beat writers like Art Stapleton explain to us that he's not copying Bill Belichick, then how is everybody getting this narrative from the beat writers that he's copying Bill Belichick? That's the exact opposite of what they're explaining to us. Art Stapleton explained He's not copying Bill Belichick. He's just being detail-oriented, and the players understand the difference. That's the key. The players understand the difference. It's all about the players. If the players aren't upset with running laps and the players are buying into it, as we've already heard from all of the players who have run laps, that they're buying into it and they understand why they're doing it, then why are 
talking heads for ESPN upset about it. That's ridiculous to me. It's a culture. You got to buy in. That's what Sterling Shepard said. That's who I'm quoting right now. Sterling Shepard's bought in. Cam Brown had to run lap setting. He got cursed out by Brett Bielema. He's bought in. He was fine with it because that's what you do. That's the culture that they're building. And if it's, if it channels into success, if that's what it turns into, then we'll all be happy. But you know what it is? Is the Giants, they're not a good team right now. They're not a good roster. The likelihood is that they're going to lose a lot of games this year. So a lot of these guys in the media are really just trying to set it up for a real controversial season. Like, oh, well, maybe if he wasn't running the players, they'd be winning more games. That's what they're trying to do. It's stupid. It's petty. It's ridiculous. And that's why, like, whenever people ask me, you, do you watch First Take? Do you like Stephen A. Smith? Do you like Max Kellerman? All these guys, I would say no, because they don't have real opinions. They don't have anything real or insightful to say they're told they have to have a hot take about this topic and that's what they do one of them picks one side the other one picks the other side and then they debate it and they scream at each other and it's not for me it's there's nothing insightful about that stuff to me and that's why we get all of these stupid controversial topics to talk about in the dead part of the off season because they don't have anything to talk about and they have to talk about something for their paychecks it's ridiculous you know, you know what it is too it's, it's the new york media too Besides with the ESPN and all the hot takes and everything, New York media, there's like a hundred of them. You know, meanwhile, you go to Green Bay, there's like three guys. You know what I mean? That's because so Green Bay started to cut you Green Bay's a freaking dump, dude. I mean, but, I mean, but it doesn't really have anything to do with Green Bay. He's right. It's about New York. Like, that's, it's the mecca. It's New York. We got media all over the place. So it's going to just get more coverage. But for this to be what's getting all this coverage is ridiculous to me. But that's why guys like Pat Shermer and Ben McAdoo, they couldn't handle the New York media. You know, sure. part, of, part of this job is to handle the media. It looks like Joe Judge is establishing that, you know, right away. And you mentioned, like, the detail-oriented about these guys. You know, Barkley came out said something like he thought he was the most detailed players, like, as far as detail-wise. But he's like, this coaching staff has him beat, which is that's, – that's, like, very impressive. And that's really, really good to hear. Dude, what it is, see, here's what it comes, so people are mad, like, okay, so people are using, like, you know, and I used the argument in the group chat last night, just Joe Judge being a former Patriots guy, right? Those guys typically go, like Matt Patricia, they go on to get head coaching jobs, they tend to fail, right? People are kind of using that whole aspect of the thing, but, like, you also have to understand, like, those people, they're coming from the perspective that, oh, these guys are grown adults, like it might get to a certain point where like, yeah, they're just running laps in camp right now. But if this like lingers into the season and the team doesn't win a lot of games, then certain players are going to be like, yo, you know, we did all this hard work, right? Cause you supposedly were supposed to turn us into winners, but it didn't happen. Cause like for a player, the only thing you want to do is win. Right. But at the same time, like you see Joe is doing this and this coaching staff, like, you know, Bielema, the, what is he, the outside linebackers guy, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're doing this because they realize, like, the last – and anyone who disagrees with me, you should not be on social media, by the way, right? But, look, the point is is they're going this hard right now because they realize the only way to build a winning culture in football is discipline. And if you don't have discipline, like, you're not going to be a winning team. And if you look at all the, the couple of teams in the NFC the last few years, right, the Rams, the 49ers, and the Bears, the last three seasons that have gone worse to first, like, they all had to learn how to be disciplined before they even got to the winning season. For them, it wasn't just like, oh, these guys got, you know, 
Sean McVay, and then one team gets Khalil Mack, the other one gets Nick Bosa, and all of a sudden, light switches on. No, they were all learning how to play young teams like the Giants that were learning to play disciplined football before they had those winning seasons. So right now, like, yeah, you may be in for a rough year in 2020, but this is more about, like, creating a culture that's going to be successful in the long run. For sure, and I agree, and the discipline is the key. And, like, but you also mentioned, like, some of these guys are – grown men and everything, but Cam Brown, he's the one who ran two laps today because he did such a shitty job in the goal line drills. He's not a grown man. That kid's like 21 years old. That's not a grown man. That's a guy who needs discipline. You know, this is a young football team. We've been saying that all off season. So now when people are getting, when these young football players are getting taught in a hard manner and they're being disciplined, now we got a problem with it. I mean, dude, just think back. Odell Beckham Jr., Eli Apple, all of these guys that we always cried and bitched about because they weren't disciplined enough, right? And now people are getting disciplined and people are bitching and moaning. That's fucking stupid. 100%. 100%. Bobby Hart. That's the stupidest shit. Bobby Hart, Eric Flowers, all these fucking idiots that had zero fucking discipline and everybody pissed and moaned about it. I've never gotten this annoyed on this podcast before, but all these people, everybody pissed and moaned about not being disciplined enough. Finally, we have some fucking discipline from Joe Judge, and everyone wants to, everyone wants to bitch him on about that. Get the fuck out of here. This is great. This is what we need, man. This is this is how our shows are going to be from now on, by the way, right? Just because we're not going to hold back. But, yo, the point is, right, is, like, they need, you know, people don't realize. And, obviously, like, I'm saying this stuff because, like, I've spent, you know, time around, like, freaking – you know, current and former, like, players and coaches. And so you kind of just, like, develop a mindset of, like, this is the reason that these guys, whether it's Joe Judge or freaking, you know, I don't know, Marvin Lewis or goddamn Jeff Fisher, like, this is the reason these guys think the way that they do because they've been around the game longer than any of us have. They do it for a freaking living. Like, they realize, you know, if my team's not disciplined from day one, we're not going to win. Like, just take a look at the freaking Chiefs who won the Super Bowl, right? They honestly, dude, were, like, one of the least. They played from behind in a couple games, but they were disciplined and they were resilient. So my Mm. point is, right, is if you want to have a winning football team in New York in 2020, just quit with the whole, you know, 2020 and beyond, right? Quit with the whole, oh, Joe's being a little bit rough, right? Joe's this, (laughs) Joe's that, the coaching staff. Like, no. Let things play out because they know things that you don't is what it comes down to. Yeah, but I want guys, like, even after, like, next season, I want guys that are going to come in, like, in a couple years from now, be like, oh, like, I got to play. I got to be serious. I got to be on my game. I can't be messing around. I can't be dancing all over the field. I got to put in the extra work. I got to put in the time. I don't want these guys like Eric Flowers, Bobby Hart. Yeah, you you know, we'll, we'll leave practice, like, the second it's over, we won't put in the extra work. I was sick of that garbage for, for years watching this team and seeing these headlines leak out how they weren't, like, they didn't really care. I don't want to hear any of that shit anymore, man. I'm, like, I'm, I'm frustrated like Anthony is. Like, I'm, I'm, we're, we're tired of it. And fans should be like, fans should get behind Judge 100% whatever he does. You know Dude, what I mean? I, think, like, it, it, I agree. It's enough already. Dude, I think, like, fans are behind. So, obviously, like, because here's the issue, right? Right now, like, the Giants fan base is kind of split. You got, like, the pro and the anti-Dave Gettleman crowd. And I don't know why, dude, but it just seems like over the – It just, like, let me tell you guys something. I think over the next, like, because we got three weeks till the season begins, right? I just have this freaking uncanny feeling that things are going to get more out of hand. And what you're going to see is you're going to see, like, the, you know, pro and anti-Joe Judge, like, you know, kind of – 
groups are going to begin to establish, right? I think more so, dude, what it comes down to is it's like they, you know, personally and Anthony, when we were doing the pod back in December before Mike joined on, right? My personal pick was Ron Rivera just because he had the experience, right? Mm. Obviously, they go out and, you know, you get a uh, outside-the-box hire in Joe Judge because let's be real, like, no Giants fan expected Joe Judge to get hired, right? Um, And, you know, obviously there was all the criticism and whatnot that I threw at Joe Judge of like, and all the Giants fans that were like, yo, you know, great. um, You know, we got a great head coach because this guy supposedly knows how to like do well in press conferences. And the whole time I was like, all right, that's great and all, but if you're not going to win games, like, you know what? It doesn't matter. You're not going to have a job in like, under two years because that's like the under over under for head coach it seems like nowadays so the point is is it's like this is really the judge era began as soon as these guys got into camp it did not begin like in january it really began because he's all the stuff he was saying in like january february march april right you're now seeing it you know get implemented so this is really like the vision this is not just like him getting mad and stuff it's just like him trying to lay down a vision of like i want my team to be like tough hard-nosed smart and then obviously we're not gonna like back down from anything is what it is and obviously i think we can all agree like those are the giants that we're used to right oh yeah that's exactly what we're used to tom coughlin you think he didn't make dudes run laps you think people didn't i mean michael strahan almost retired because of how much he hated tom coughlin tom coughlin was such a dick in those first practices that michael strahan contemplated retirement and now people want to get sensitive because Cam Brown ran a few laps because he played super shitty in the goal line. And another thing, I got to mention this goal line thing and the intensity of this practice because some people are now concerned that players are going to get hurt because it's fully padded and Joe Judge is having them bash into, the, into each other. Seattle Seahawks, the Legion of Boom. Pete Carroll was like revolutionary with this stuff because he would force the players to do hitting drills like this, like this goal line drill that Joe Judge is having them do because it teaches you how to have proper tackling form. When you have proper tackling form, you're a more efficient tackler, and it's safer. That's the main goal. Today, Corey Ballantyne got hurt because he didn't have the right form. Either him or Austin Mack, they led with their head, and they bashed heads, and that's how they got hurt. The improper form is what hurt them. That's why they're doing this drill. It's going to teach them this way. That's the whole point of it. Some people don't understand that. And it's another thing that's just baffling to me. Dude, I think a also – A lot of people don't understand it. But, like, and he, here's the other part of where, like, players' frustration comes from because you brought – or people's frustration, I'm sorry. The point is is that, like, Pete Carroll was doing that when, like, they had basically a normal offseason to prepare. If this was a normal offseason, I would be totally fine, you know, because, like, when you cover camps up close, right, like I have – you see teams doing this same thing like you mentioned. It's just a routine thing year in and year out, right? And sometimes coaches got to tell specific players, like, yo, back off because, like, this guy's out here practicing with an injury because, like, he's going to play. Like, some coaches, they got to tell their players to back off. So if you think, like, what you're hearing out of Giants camp, like, you think that's bad – you have not been in front of, like, big 300, you know, pound defensive linemen that have, like, you know, made the Pro Bowl and whatnot. You have not been around, like, those types of guys in practice because they'll go hard one-on-ones. But going back to my original point is people are getting kind of frustrated because, again, like, this isn't a normal offseason, right? And I mentioned earlier, you see all the guys kind of going down with, like, injuries and whatnot. That's people's biggest concern. I think you got to draw a fine line between, like, continuing to stay physical and preaching or, you know, sending your message out, getting your message across. 
but then also not going too hard to ensure that players aren't getting hurt, which like Judge did that today because they were so, they're typically in the facilities, guys, at 6 a.m. Eastern. They didn't get in today, the players, until 10, and they practice later tonight, which means like I think tomorrow for the Giants should be – well, Wednesday's supposed to be an off day around That's the That's a good point. That's a really good point, and I'll throw this out here. Back when Ben McAdoo was the head coach of the team, players actually did verbally complain at some point in the media and were vocally upset because McAdoo would have them practice on Saturdays before games at like 80% speed. He would have them the day before a a football game go 80% at practice. That is overworking players. Joe Judge has already made it clear that he's going to find – rest periods he's going to have them practice at night if they practice hard the day before he's giving them time for their bodies to recover like more than the last two coaches have like everything that I've seen so far has been major improvements and upgrades yet people are still unhappy so now I'm unhappy because people are unhappy because I don't understand why they're unhappy yeah because you let them get to use what happened well because listen <laughs> I am I'm a writer and podcaster and youtuber and I cover the Giants so my job is to talk about things like this. And when I feel like I'm talking about something stupid, I get annoyed. Like, why are some people so up in arms about this shit? I don't get it. And I'm paid to, like, I, got, I have to now. I'm obligated to talk about this stuff, and I don't want to. My last, my last point about this is, like, listen, if we had, like, a veteran team and Joe Judge came in and doing all this, I might, I might worry a little bit. Uh, I'll be honest. I might worry that, like, these guys won't get behind it. But we got such a young team, mm-hmm. and I think these guys are going to grow with Judge. And I think we're going to have, you know, a competitive, hardworking, smart, disciplined team going in the future. And we lacked that for the past, like, you know, five, six years. Dude, we've lacked it. Honestly, like, if we're being real, like, like this team really – began like after that second Super Bowl run dude I got they used to get so annoyed because it's like you know rosters getting older younger players are coming in Tommy C's not able to connect and then you go out and you basically make an in-house promotion with um or no you know you bring in freaking what do you call it what's his name McAdoo and then you go and you get Shermer and now you know you suppose it like you feel like you've hit on a head coach because again, right? Like the actual portion of where we're going to evaluate this guy is like through the sixteen, hopefully the sixteen games that are going to be played, right? But like the point is, is it's been better than like the last couple years. Is your dog awake, dude? Uh, he's listening, man. He woke up. He heard. I think he heard Ant like freak out. He's like, man, he's <laughs> a diehard guy, man. I gotta get up to this. Let me, let me, let me tell you guys something, right? And I'll drop this little thing for here. There's a specific player, right, on one of like three or four teams in Florida who straight up just fired his agent because he told the agent, "Yo, find me a dog trainer," and the agent found him a bad one. Like that is something a player did. <laughs> hey, man, if he can't find a freaking dog trainer, what can he find? I don't, I don't blame that player. Yeah, Smart but it's move. a player who uh, was supposed to end up in the uh, NFC East this offseason, but uh, never happened, so. That's great. <laughs> That's fucking great. <laughs> nah, but that dude, just, okay, good. so, like, obviously, after, like, Tommy C and then McAdoo Shermer, like, things were such a mess, you see, like, some of it stabilizing. I think that if this was an older, like, team, right, Mike, you're right, some of the guys would turn on him, just because, like, right now, you look, dude, besides Saquon, I mean, and I know 
you guys might disagree with me on this. Besides Saquon, like, we really don't have, like, another super proven player on the roster, you know? And so, say, you know, say, like, Daniel Jones, he's not, you know, he had a great first year, but now he's got to, like, build upon it and build upon it and build upon it, right? He's got to do that, right, until he proves, like, yeah, regardless of all the dysfunctionality and talent around me, like, I can, you know, go ahead and continue to play. Because if things start going south, I'm telling you guys this right now, and our listeners, if things start going south, you damn well know everyone's going to be starting to turn to Saquon Barkley to, like, how do we figure this shit out? And, you know, in some cases, Daniel Jones and whatnot. Because those are, like, your two best players right now. And there's y'all better be lucky because there's certain teams in this league right now, I can straight up tell you. There is – when Saquon walks into the room, everyone has, like, his respect, right? There's certain teams like the Browns, for example. Nobody's got anyone's respect on that roster. The Browns are a whole nother story, man. They're 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 a shit show, and they'll continue to be a shit show. Um, I I don't think we would have a problem with Barkley. It seems like we, you know Joe Judge came out and said you know something about Barkley, like you know you know he loves his like worth that worth work ethic and. You know his discipline and and all that the way he comes to you know prepared for for practice and you know leads by example. So to have that, you know, by your star, I think a lot of these teammates are are looking up to to Barkley as that guy to to be the leader. Him and Daniel, you know, I think um, you know, I think we got something good. I don't think we'll we'll have that, you know, you know, with the McAdoo and the. Pat Shermer, like, you know, dealing with the media. I don't think we'll have any of those issues anymore. It looks like it looks like the Giants got it right and they, they fixed it. I agree. I think the Giants got it right. You know, only time will tell. We could be wrong. Um, I don't know if Joe Judge is going to be a great coach. I just believe he will be. I think he's proven it to me so far that he's got the makings of a good head coach. And I'm just excited to see him continue to – instill this culture and hopefully do that. But I also want to say interesting thing that you said, Usaid, was that you only see one proven player on this roster. And I'm thinking through the only other one I could think of, definitely Kevin Zeitler. Um, yeah, dude, I would. But anyone else, I'm not. I, I I agree with you. Anyone else? There's really not a lot of proven talent on this team. And and that dude, do you guys have to understand? Right? Is this is kind of what I've been screaming and screaming all off season, and then you know, older people come at me in Giants Facebook groups. I mean, one dude straight up, and Mike's <laughs> gonna love this, right? One dude straight up, when I put the whole tweet out that there's or the post that there's only four players left from the Jerry Reese era, one yeah. dude straight up was just like, "Yo, respect the ghetto god," and I'm like. <laughs> yes who is that guy i don't know but he was like he said i had a loser's mentality bro for, <laughs> I like um, that. huh no he I said like I, had a, dude, I said something regarding like oh yeah the deal with the giants is that they're gonna be you know um they're gonna be uh what do you call it right like they got a really tough schedule so you got it to like continue to watch out and the dude was like yeah you know you have a completely like losers mentality and then he's like I just got annoyed talking with Giants fans online and then I just stopped responding to him because it's like yo don't be on social media then but the point is dude is that like if when things start turning south right players look to the best guy on the team right if things start turning south, everyone's going to be looking to Saquon and Danny Dimes. Saquon more so than Danny Dimes because Daniel Jones is not a top guy at his position yet, right? 
you could hopefully develop into it. Mike, I see you holding your lips there, so I'll let you on just a second. But the point is, is Saquon's a proven guy at his position, and he has that lead-wide respect, right? So this kind of feeds into our next topic, but what do you think, dude? Uh, you know, I kind of agree with you, like, in that aspect, because, like, I'm just thinking, like, this season is going to prove who those guys are. Like, I think we're going to start seeing, like, these guys mature and, like, who who are these guys going to be? You know, is it going to be Daniel going to be, like, a leader? Barkley going to be a leader? You know, who's going to be a leader on defense? You know, is it going to be Peppers? Is it going to be McKinney, who made a nice interception in practice today from, from mm. what I heard? Um, could he be the guy? Because the, the whole defense literally responded when he picked that ball off today in practice. So people should know, like, for, for the whole defense to get behind that, for a play like that, maybe that guy, you know, could step in and, and, and be that leader on defense that, that we desperately need. Um, so, I mean, this year is going to prove a lot of things for this team. And Sure. And I was just going to add in, like we've mentioned, there's because like the no proven talent thing and needing leaders, that's just like we're explaining the makings of a young football team. I think like if you look in the secondary, all of those players are like 24 years or younger minus James Bradbury. Like it's a young team. So we got to be patient with them and we just got to hope that they are trying to improve every day and that we do have some young leaders that will arise soon other than Saquon Barkley because he is the one proven player, as you mentioned, you say. Well, He's a okay. great guy too. Really great guy. A great leader too, yeah. Inside and out of that stadium. So, you know, we got a good one. Sure, mm-hmm. a lot of people, you know, give us shit about being the number two pick. But, hey, you know, we got him. He's ours. He's going to be here forever. Get behind him, Giant fans. Get behind him. <laughs> Dude, you, you, you have to have, like, okay, so, you know, Khalil Mack said this to us in a press conference one year and he straight up was just like yo they have some dogs on this defense referring to Chicago's and the reason I bring it up right is because that's a team that I think has laid out a blueprint for what the Giants can become because like they won five games in 2017 right but the thing is they were still a top 10 defense right um when the point is is that like he's like oh they got some dogs right meaning they got some players that want to get out there they want to play they want to be physical right the thing is I think right now man on defense our dogs right now you know Xavier McKinney's gonna develop into one just because anytime you go to Alabama you have that like attitude that mindset that swag Xavier McKinney's gonna develop into one Blake Martinez and Cairo Fackerel, these guys, they ain't probably going to develop in anything. I would say Zimenez is another one. Dexter Lawrence too, dude. But he gives off, like, super nice guy vibes for me. Um, But, yeah, those are, like, the three guys I'm looking to step up. And, obviously, on offense, I think, like, your three leaders that are stepping up this year are going to be Jones. Um, You know, someone on the offensive line, I think, that uh, is going to be Andrew Thomas. Mm. And then probably, like, Darius Slayton or Evan Ingram, if he can get his shit together. And I'm Throwing this out there like nine months, ten months before the 2021 NFL draft. If Ingram gets injured again in 2020 with all these lower body injuries, because that's been his history, you're going to have to add tight end to the list. Of Maybe, Leonard Williams. Maybe Leonard Williams could be that leader too. You never know. Yeah, good point. Him too. Add on Leonard Williams as an afterthought, dude. My guy. <laughs> yeah, Leonard Williams and then – uh, you know, it's interesting that you mentioned Evan Ingram. We haven't heard anything much about him yet. Um, he's been fully practicing, though, so that's definitely encouraging. And, you know, 
if he could stay healthy this year and Jason Garrett's offense, to me, he's the X factor, maybe of the entire team, but definitely of the offense. If he stays healthy, he should finally emerge as a top 10 tight end. But you know what? We're playing the same song that we sang last offseason. We say this every year about him. If he stays healthy, if he'll be great. So it's, it's really it's time for him to prove it because now he's going into a year where they did pick up his fifth-year option, but it, it's really a contract year for him in a way. It's a major prove-it year. Well, yeah, because teams always have the option, right, of rescinding the fifth-year option before a specific deadline. I will say this because you mentioned him, right? And obviously, like, indirectly mentioned, you know, Dalvin Tomlinson over the last couple of days. What's going to happen is this. So you have Ingram and Peppers, right? They're both set to get contract extensions. I think that uh, it will happen, um, you know, sometime over the next two off-seasons. But another guy who's going into the contract year is Dalvin Tomlinson. With the revenue losses that are going to end up coming, right, you could very well get to a point where um, the salary cap was supposed to jump and it's not going to jump up to 240 like it's supposed to. So you could be forced to choose between a combination of like Ingram and Peppers and Dalvin Tomlinson and only bring back two of the three. Like that's just something you have to throw out there because we mentioned the long term on this pod. Like, you know, just how it is, unfortunately. It's going to get to a point where, like, Getty's been here three years. You're going to have to see some drafted talent go out the window in order to pay, like, more core guys. So you could be looking up in a couple of years. In 2022, like, all of a sudden, only, you know, like, 10 or 12 players are really your core. Dude, that's – man, talk about, like, the, the core of the team. It's just – and dealing with the salary cap, it's tough, man. It's a tough situation to be in because then you got to rely on, like, the rookies to come in and you got to think years ahead to see if one of these rookies are going to take over, you know, a Tomlinson or take over, like, you know, a, a Peppers, you know, in the next, like, five years. So, you know, that's why we need, like, a competent, you know, GM and, you know, drafting, and so far, Kettleman has done the right thing as drafting-wise, I believe, um, <laughs> and that Reeston, but, you know, they just, they you have to have an organization, like, with a, with a good plan, and, you know, to be prepared to lose these guys in, in free agency, because free agency, like, the past few years, has taken on, like, something, you know, football hasn't ever seen, like, Back in the day, like, there was no, like, free agent signings. Like, when the Giants signed, like, you know, signed Plaxico Burris back in the day, it was huge. Like, it was unheard of for the for, for the Giants to sign any free agent, let alone a wide receiver. So, like, you know, definitely times have changed. So, you know, hopefully these guys are, are prepared. Yeah, I mean, I agree. Like, you know, it's a new league. It always is. You know, it changes year by year. And – um, you know, even especially one way we can look at that is, you know, we recently had the new CBA and there's going to be more playoff teams this year. That's exciting and interesting because it gives more of a chance for a team like the Giants who might not have that core like you guys were mentioning or they might, but it might be a little inexperienced or whatever. It gives more chance for a team like that to maybe slip in and find success and get their way into the playoffs. And if anybody knows anything about Giants football, all we need is a shot. All we got to do is slip into the playoffs and we have a shot at winning that Super Bowl. We've learned that twice in the past, you know, the past two Super Bowls, that's exactly what happened. We slipped in, and that's all she wrote. Barkley agrees with me. Yeah, right. Barkley's like, hell yeah, we just got to get in there. Then we win it. Every time we in it, 
we win it. Yes, sir. <laughs> Except in 2000. Yeah, well, we don't remember that. <laughs> I can't believe you actually just brought that up on this podcast. This is well, a Giants podcast. I was. I'm gonna. You listen. You guys have known me well. You all know me well enough to know that number one, I'm not gonna hold back. Number two, I will tell you how it is. Like I was standing at Best Buy the other day, and I straight or outside Best Buy the other day, and some dude was ranting to the freaking sales associate behind me, and I straight up turn around and freaking yelled at the dude. Like I will go zero to one hundred, dude, just straight up. But I'm not the rude, arrogant jerk that everyone makes me out to be. You just have to get to know me, and then I know maybe we'll end up being friends. Okay. I don't know. You like to fight a lot of people on Twitter and <laughs> DMs, man. I, I don't know, man. I need to see these DMs. I need to. I, I need to. Man, see I have not. I, listen, I. It's not fighting, dude. It's professionally going back and forth with people. This is the. Um, we all say, mm-hmm. <laughs> bro. I think this you is, got some pent up anger, my man. <laughs> this is no. This is the issue, right? Is it's like it just goes back to the whole thing between like Joe Judge is doing good and not doing good, right? Or like the practices are too intense. Like, listen, people don't seem to realize that like it's social media. If you're gonna put your opinion out there, then be prepared to like you know have it you know be challenged. Someone's oh, gonna agree with you. Someone's gonna disagree with you. Someone's gonna criticize. So don't complain that all oh, please you're disagreeing with me. But then like blah 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 blah. You know, they come out the woodwork, man. Let me tell you. They do, and this is the reason I get so annoyed, okay? You can't say anything, anything, like, bad about any team that's not your team. Like, yo, I love it, man. The fans go after you, man. It's, it's great, though. I, I, I enjoy it. Hold on. That- Someone's in the Twitter DMs. <laughs> Someone's in the Twitter DMs right now. Of course they are. Uh-oh. No, the the account, uh, the Giants for all DMs, dude. Because someone was just like, and I'm not going to name the person, but someone's like, yo, the fact that the people are criticizing Joe Judge and he hasn't even coached a game, the team in a game yet, dot, dot, dot. And I'm like, no pun intended, comma, games, comma. That's where most of the judging is going to take place. Because that's how you judge coaches right. in the NFL, right? And then yeah. this person DMs and is like, yo, I love a good one. I'm just saying this because people are already saying he's going to be fired in two years, which like you Nothing's guaranteed, dude. Trust me. Yeah, it's a, listen, nobody – I mean, I hope Judge don't get fired in the next two years. I mean, I don't well, want to like, fucking Sherman and Ben McAdoo. I mean, that would suck. But, like, dude, the th- people have to understand, right, like this ownership, right, this GM, dude, they either make moves that – you know, Giants, right? They either make moves, dude, that you absolutely love, okay, or you absolutely hate is just what it comes down to. It just seems like there's no in-between, dude. And that's where a lot of, like, for the three of us, right, this is why people should be listening to us because we should probably be your GMs. And well, Dave can be, like, a I would be. GM. I would be such a good GM. You have no idea. I'd be <laughs> you great. sure, dude? You sure? I'm sure. I would be a great GM. I would be a great GM. I would be best GM of all, dude, because I would hire – you have to have, like, the right – you know, as a leader, right? You got to have, like, the right people around you in the first place to, like, be able to, you know, make you make things run well. Anytime you hire the wrong freaking leader, that person is going to bring in the wrong people to surround and support him, which is where things are going to go haywire and dysfunctionality is going to trickle down uh, the ladder. Listen, Ant, when you get your GM job, hire me, man. I want to be a scout. You'll, you'll, be, you'll be on there. You'll be on the staff somewhere. You two say it. I'll get you. I'll get you a role with the organization. 
Oh, the Podfather, that goes what I'll say. The Podfather is definitely automatic because we, we need somebody to fight everybody on social <laughs> you media. Need like, to yeah, you got to be the PR guy. <laughs> let me, let me, let me tell you a story, right? One of my bosses at work, right, straight up was like super frustrated or whatever. And I straight up told her, I was like, yo, you just sometimes got to develop an FU attitude and tell people to shut the fuck up and do their job. Like Bill Belichick does. And then she straight up was just like, you know what? I think you should be the boss here because straight up you would just tell everyone to shut the fuck up and do their job. Because some people, bro, are just too damn nice. I'm like, I'm a nice guy. But if you start messing with me, I will not be a nice guy like the one dude I kicked off the network this week. Oh, you're proving my point, man. Like the, you, you exactly said how like the Giants with Joe Judge, he's coming in. He, he's making discipline for all these guys. We don't need, like, people doing their own thing. This is exactly my point, man. Yes, you proved it. You need, dude, you need, again, like, okay, you guys know the convo, the, the, all the talk that we had, like, with our guy Chris in the group convo last night? Joe's yeah. got to prove, like, I'm not, so I don't buy into, like, false hype, you know? Just because, again, I covered, you know, you have connections in the league and whatnot. You learn certain things. Now, I'm not buying into the, you know, personally, I don't buy into, like, the hype he has to prove to us because, like, he is not, you know, you look at the teams that have gone worse to first, right? They had guys that were hot commodity coaching candidates like LaFleur, Nagy, right? Um, Sean McVay, even. Those guys were all, yeah. like, you knew about them before, you know, they even got hired that these were going to be, like, your next big ticket head coaches. This was an outside-the-box hire, which is why he's got to prove it, dude, because it's like, let's be real, bro. How many times are we as Giants fans, how many times are we going to continue to just buy into false hype, you know, only to be let down and then get pissed off, man, and then, you know, go around blaming, like, everyone else except ourselves for buying into the false hype. But here's the thing for me. When he was hired, he didn't promise – wins he didn't promise championships he didn't promise anything except everything that he's delivered on so far he promised to ramp it up in practice to instill a new culture to be smart to be detailed those are the things he's promised and that's what he's fulfilled so far so to me I mean every promise has been fulfilled so I'm happy I'm excited I'm not looking too far down the road I'm not saying not not seriously saying he's gonna win six Super Bowls and whatever I'm just saying He's got the makings to be a good coach, and the fact that he has proven himself in a certain way already is a good sign going forward. He's already made promises and delivered, so that right there is already a great sign. He's a player's coach, and a lot of people are are starting to see that, and and that's important, man, especially for New York, man, to bring this group together and not deal with the outside distractions and all that other bullshit. You know, let's let's hope we got the right guy. Dude, you hope, right? And just, like, what's, you know, yep. what's what's because you always hope for the best, right? But what's going to happen is it's, like, this year's kind of a learn-it year. Next year, I think, is when you have all these young talent that develop. Next year is the year you take that jump. And then after you make that jump from worst to first, then comes, like, year in, year out. Can you continue to like, and your draft picks will play a big part in this year development. Can you continue to draft well, 
um, you know, when you're replacing players and whatnot, you know, but then also can your coaching staff sustain success? Because, like, let's not forget, I mean, this is not a league like, you know, the NBA or, you know, the MLB where you hit on a couple of players, got the farm system going, et cetera, and all of a sudden, like, you're winning for whatever the next 10 years. No, this is the type of league where it's like you lose one coach, forget about the player, but you lose one coach and all of a sudden you're in a situation where your entire team could potentially take a step back. Like it happened with the freaking Rams. They lost Matt LaFleur and then the Falcons went to the Super Bowl, lost, lost Kyle Shanahan the same offseason. They'd never been the same again. So like right now, you know, this is a team like, yeah, it's untapped. Listen, what it boils down to is just, it's untapped potential and no one else should be telling you otherwise. Listen, when the Giants come out on that first Monday night game and beat the ever litten fucking out of Pittsburgh Steelers, the hype train's gonna be wild. <laughs> We're back, fellas. We're going undefeated. We're going to the Super Bowl the first year. Where's the first? Let's get it. That was too hyped, bro. That, that was, was too no, this is. Did you wait? Did you listen to last week's episode? Because he straight up was just like, oh, the first four. He. Mike went from saying, oh, 16-0 and 0, back when we had JQ on to last week he was like, oh, those first four are murderers, bro. Um, you know, just straight up just like, I'm going to pull the receipts up if I have to, Mike. Trust me. <laughs> do not think I will not do so. No, I know. Listen, it's going to be tough. Like, let me, let me be honest, all right? Those first four games, they're going to be rough. But you know what? If we're in the games and we're, we might win a couple, if we're 2-2, two and two, I'll, be, I'll be thrilled. But if we're in it's like so. all four, if we're in all four, like playing hard and competitive, mistake-free football, I'm going to be absolutely out of my mind for those podcasts after those <laughs> games. So okay, so let me ask you. Let, let me ask you this, right? Because you, your worst case scenario is zero and four. Uh, yeah. Best case is four and all, right? But if they come out of those first four with like zero and four or one and three. Now, they lose those games, but they lose by, like, a close margin. So, like, let's just say a touchdown, a field goal, et cetera, right? Would you guys still be satisfied with the way things are going, especially considering, like, the offseason it's been? Because for me personally, like, I would look past the box score and I would be satisfied if that were to happen, especially considering the circumstances. That's a good question, man. I need a minute on that one. Mm, Well, I don't know. So you're saying – the box score? No. I mean okay. – Yeah, so, okay, here's the thing, right? Over- like a field goal or something. You're yeah, yeah, because, you, like you know – a field goal or touchdown, that, what that tells me is this, right, is a lot of people are going to start to fire Joe Judge, like, you know, train. Right, yeah, see, to me it is, and I've been saying this, like, all offseason, we might not get a lot of wins this year, but as long as we're seeing development from certain players and we're seeing players get better week to week – that's really what I care about because we are rebuilding. It's the first season with a rookie head coach. Um, so to me, yeah, I'm hoping we win games. I'm hoping we go to the playoffs at Super Bowl, but I'm not expecting that. But really what I'm going to be paying attention for is just seeing improvement across the board on the team. Week to, dude, it's it's like week to week, right? So like, because what I don't want is some dude like Austin Mack who's been lighting it up in camp, by the way. He comes out and has like whatever, a big game. And then all of a sudden what happens is he just completely falls off, right? Like, there needs to be steady incremental improvement. For exactly. For sake, dude, listen, from – and I'm not – by the way, like, this is reset year for Saquon. It's bounce back year for him. Like, from Saquon, dude, all the way down to, like, the freaking water boy, right? Like, everyone's got something to prove this year. 
I don't want to see any games that we're embarrassed. If I don't see any games where we're embarrassed, then I know we're on the right course and that guys are buying in and they're not giving up. That'll so, be to me. What if what okay, would you okay, so what, how would your opinion of Joe Judge, right? As we hit the one hour mark here, but how would your opinion of Joe Judge change, dude? If um you know, if he did end up like uh you know, if they are getting blown out in games and whatnot. That'd be a little tough to take. I'm, I'm going to be honest. Like, you know, I, I I hope it doesn't happen. I don't see that happening. I see these guys playing hard. But like I said, if like if they're getting embarrassed, you know, that means they're not they're not paying attention, you know, to details. You know what I mean? If they're a detailed oriented team and they're playing hard, they're not going to get embarrassed. All right. So that's that's I what I look into. I mean, if we get blown out week after, <clears throat> if we get blown out week after week, then yeah, it completely changes my opinion and it leaves me extremely skeptical. Yeah, this is why I haven't like fully bought into him yet, just because of everything, you know. But I hope the dude succeeds. But look, if they start getting blown out, dude, you know what? Everyone's gonna kind of be blaming. Like, well, first things first, you know, Daniel Jones is good for non-Giants fans. You know, Daniel Jones is gonna become the punching bag, just because this is what teams have done. They're you know non like if like okay so. Teams, the people that are not fans of the Giants, right? They would just go in and criticize Daniel Jones because this is the culture that we've created. Is it's like if the team's not winning, it's the quarterback's fault, which um, is a double standard because like when Drew Brees was going seven and nine, missing the playoffs, and Aaron Rodgers was missing the playoffs for three straight years, the arguments were, well, they don't have enough talent around them; it's not their fault. Like, no, we all knew that they shared the blame to some extent, right? But if things go haywire, you know, Daniel Jones is going to get the blame. I'm going to put the blame on the coach staff first just because like it means that they're not doing their jobs properly and you always start blaming from the top down is what it goes down to we got the talent around him so that's why i'm not really worried yeah they got to develop that talent though and that falls on the coaching staff so like you know you know if they coach if the listen if the coaching staff doesn't develop you're gonna be you know resetting again you're gonna be sitting here in 2022 2023 and it's not that far off by the way you're gonna be sitting here and rebuilding again and Daniel Jones probably will not be in a Giants uniform just because next guy that's going to come in, next GM is going to want to get someone other than Jones. Well, let's just hope it never comes to that. <laughs> yeah, you got to, dude, listen, uh, one ex-GM told me that this is, in this league, nothing ever goes according to plan. Um, So, you know, again, you just got to, like, everyone hopes for the best, but nothing ever goes according to plan. So you got to plan for every scenario. I'm not planning for that. I'll tell you that. <laughs> yeah, I can't can't have a discussion for that one right now. That is my, my, my brain won't allow me to go that route. <laughs> not right now at least. Barkley Barkley's biting me for even thinking about it. He's probably gonna hate me then, dude. I told you guys I'm not gonna hold back regardless of what it is, okay? Trust me. So if like if Daniel if Jonesy comes out right and he plays like really well, I'll praise him. But if he freaking sucks, I'm gonna go in on him, dude. Trust me. Oh, he's the goat in the making, so can't wait for him to prove it. Yeah, it's, you you just sat here and literally talked about, oh, you know what? There's no one else proven on this roster besides him, and now you're calling him the goat in the making. Like, you know, he's got. I'm a Giants fan. What do you want me to do? I'm a Giants fan. That's what I say. Don't be a homer. I believe I can be a homer on occasion. I think I'm pretty unbiased throughout the majority of the podcast, yeah. but when I want to be a homer, I will be. <laughs> Jones Go. is the goat in the making. Go. Is the goal.
Yeah, Mike would obviously say it. The first time I interviewed Mike Dude over FaceTime, he straight up was just like, yo, I'm a giant homer. And I was just like, that's how I introduced him the next week, too. There is no doubt, yeah. I would never say anything bad about the Giants. If you ever get me to say something bad about the Giants, you know, like, I got a gun to my head and I'm forced to say it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, anyways, we're going to get out of here, guys. Follow me on Twitter at Save Culture. Follow Mike and Anthony at Anthony underscore Rivardo at Mike Trainer MFT. We got, what, like three weeks to go till the season begins? It's going to be fun. We'll probably have our guy Jules on the week before the Pittsburgh game to talk, um, you know, Giant Steelers. Also, uh, let me see what else. Oh, yeah, we launched a YouTube show, guys, at Gridiron Brawl, so check that out. Go ahead and be sure you're checking out – you know, our social media accounts at Giants Brawl on Facebook and Twitter at Giants.Brawl. We'll catch y'all later. Peace out, guys. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.